Merry Christmas, everybody. Great to see you guys. Hey, my name's Tim. I have the privilege of serving as the uh, lead pastor here at Liquid Church. We're one church, multiple locations, so we got to welcome six campuses. Join us on the big screen. Give them a big hand. Merry Christmas, guys. Excited that you're with us, or if you're Facebook, or live, or church online. So glad you're here to celebrate uh, Christmas Eve with us. Um, if it's your first time, let me just kind of put you at ease. Uh, Liquid, uh, kind of a funky name, I get that, but uh, we're a non-denominational Christian church, which simply means everybody's welcome. Uh, regardless of your religious background or none at all. Uh, we always like to say, like, if you're Catholic or Jewish or Jedi Knight, you're welcome here. Uh, in fact, I always like to start Christmas Eve with something kind of funny. Uh, my son told me this Christmas uh, joke last week. I was like, that's not bad. I'll share it with you. Uh, it turns out there is this uh, atheist who is complaining to his Christian friend that, that Christmas is really unfair discrimination. Uh, the atheist said, you know, you Christians, you have all these special holidays. You've got Christmas, you've got Easter. Uh, even Jewish people, you know, they've got Hanukkah and Passover, but we atheists, we don't have any special holidays. It's discrimination. We want our own holiday. To which his friend replied, well, why don't you guys take April 1st? That date's available. That's <laughs> not bad, right? Not bad. I'm just kidding. If you're an atheist or agnostic, man, glad you're here. That's actually awesome. Uh, what we're going to do today, that's my son's joke. I'm like distancing myself from that. <laughs> And today I want to turn in the Bible to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Now Luke is the third book in the New Testament. We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and what it is, it's called a gospel. What a gospel is, is an eyewitness testimony. And it's written by a doctor, Dr. Luke, okay, in the first century. And what I want to do is I want to look at the Christmas story a little bit different today. Because I just realized that some of you, uh, you may only visit our church once or twice a year. Uh, like my brother, he lives in San Francisco. He flies in every Christmas to celebrate with our family. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, every year he hears me preach about the same thing, right? The birth of baby Jesus, right? It's like the same, you know, Christmas Eve, right? Same basic story, same basic sermon. And maybe that's the same for you. Uh, maybe you're a, you come to church twice a year, Christmas and Easter. You're a Christer, okay? Uh, that's totally cool. I'm glad you're here. But listen to this. What I thought I'd do is I want to approach the Christmas story just a little bit slant, a little bit different and freshen things up, maybe challenge your heart a bit as we prepare to celebrate Jesus' birthday on Tuesday. That's what, that's what Christmas is. It's the birthday of Jesus. So in Luke 2, verses 41 through 51, if you want to follow along, we're, we, I'm going to put the scripture on the screen so you can follow along. But we're given a snapshot of Jesus, not as a baby, but as a boy. He's 12 years old. In fact, this is the only snapshot in the entire Bible of Jesus's childhood. Like, don't you ever like kind of wonder, right? Like after he's born as a baby, but before he becomes a young man. And I think this vignette is just perfect for Christmas. I think it's going to challenge you. It challenged my heart. So let's read together Luke 2, starting at verse 41. Luke writes this. He says, every year, Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. So that was a holiday, okay? It was like a special religious celebration, Passover. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. So it's like the family tradition. We go every year to this thing, okay? And it says, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind where? In Jerusalem, big city, all right? So this is, you get the setup? Mary and Joseph are traveling for the holidays <laughs> with their son Jesus, but there's one problem. In the middle of the holiday celebration, they lose Jesus, right? They actually leave him behind in Jerusalem. And it says his parents didn't miss him at first, okay? 
because they what? They assumed he was among the other travelers. Scholars say that Jesus' family was probably traveling in a caravan, not a minivan, a caravan. Uh, women and children, this is the Middle East, it's very dangerous in the first century. Women and children at the front. Um, Joseph and the men bringing up the rear for protection against robbers. So Joseph is probably like, well, you know, the boy's with mom. And uh, Mary's probably like, well, he's probably with the men in the back. And it says, but when he didn't show up that evening, <laughs> they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. Have you seen him? Did you see if you're a parent, right, you know, very upsetting to lose track of a child. Anybody ever lose their kid like in the shopping mall, you know, or like at Disney? We lost my daughter at the Bronx Zoo like for like six minutes. <laughs> Felt like 60 hours, ah, you know. Things escalate pretty quickly in this holiday hoopla. And it says, Mary and Joseph lose Jesus, so they start frantically looking for him. And it says, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. How long? Three days later. This kid's missing for 72 hours. Call Dyphus, right? They, <laughs> they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them, asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Now, this is Jesus as a boy. He's 12 years old, right? And he's holding court at the temple. He's like, he's like explaining the scriptures to the rabbis there, telling about the coming Messiah. And the Pharisees are like, how's this, how's this kid so smart? And he's like, I wrote the book. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> it says his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, <laughs> I love this verse. Why have you done this to us? Any parents of middle schoolers ever say those exact words, you know, to your kid? What, 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 do, you, what do you mean you bought $1,000 of Fortnite skins? Why, why have you done this to us? Your, your father and I, we, we've been frantic, searching for you everywhere. And Jesus is like, but why did you need to search? Jesus asked. Didn't you know that I must be where? In my father's house. And already... Jesus has given us a glimpse of his special connection with his heavenly father. He, he's actually contrasting Mary's, you know, your earthly father, Joseph, with my father in heaven. So at 12 years old, he's already aware of his unique relationship to God. But they didn't understand what he meant. <laughs> and then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Now, I think the story is pretty relevant, as, as many of you are traveling for the holidays. You are spending time with your family. Some of you have traveled maybe even this weekend, or you're about to, and you're going to go to a great Christmas party, and, and, and you're going to have a great dinner, you're going to tear open the presents, and all this fun stuff. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you just a word of warning based on this story in the Gospel of Luke. And that is, whatever you do over the next 48 hours, don't do what Mary did. Don't lose Christ at Christmas. Okay, listen. It's easier to do than you think at the holidays. If Mary and Joseph can lose Jesus in the middle of their holiday celebration, how about you and me? I mean, it's ironic, but the truth is that sometimes, instead of actually being drawn closer to Christ at Christmas... We can actually lose track of Jesus in the celebration and get pushed further away. 
It's, an, it's ironic, right? I mean, the middle of the parties, the presents trimming the tree, singing the songs, it's entirely possible to lose track of Christ. And that's what happens here in Luke 2. It says every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Passover was a holiday. In other words, a holy day. Do you know that's where we get the word holiday? A holy day. It's a holiday. And Passover was a religious holy day, a holiday for Jewish people, right? It, 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 like Christmas is for Christians, right? Passover celebrated the night where Jewish people escaped from Egypt. God judged the Egyptians, but he passed over the Jewish people because they put the blood of a lamb on the doorpost of their, their house. And technically, if you want to get right down to it, Passover is all about Jesus, right? He's the Passover lamb. God sacrificed to save us, and yet they lose him in the middle of a celebration that's supposed to be dedicated to him. <laughs> and the truth is, I, I think that can happen to any one of us here. If we're not intentional about keeping Christ in Christmas, we can lose Jesus as we celebrate a family tradition. It says when Jesus was 12 years old, he's a middle schooler, they attended the festival as what? As usual. So this is a family tradition. Everybody say family tradition. This may be your family tradition. Well, we go to church on Christmas Eve. Uh, we're going to light the candles. I see some of you flicking them already. Uh, <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, we're going to, okay, no, I'm not, it's not a cue to do that, son. Okay, listen. Uh, <laughs> we're, we sit down to a nice dinner. It's a family tradition. Uh, then, you know, all the presents. We open the presents, and then we watch. It's what we do. But verse 43 says, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. You get the picture? In the middle of the spiritual celebration, Mary and Joseph leave their son behind. It actually reminds me of that uh, classic Christmas movie, Home Alone. You guys remember this? Who's old enough to remember this? Show your age. With Macaulay Culkin. This is back in 1990, guys, all right? If you're young, this is about the McAllisters who celebrate Christmas. They're going on a family trip at Christmas, but they leave behind one important thing. They forget their son, Kevin. Okay, here's a little nostalgia for you. 30-second brain break. Take a look. When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation... Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself I have a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home Alone. Right? You imagine, you know, Mary's on a camel. Jesus! Right? Kind of. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if you saw this. Google released a new television commercial this week. Do you see this? With a grown-up Macaulay Culkin. He's 38 years old. And uh, some of you are like, he's still alive? Yeah. He's 38. And he recreates all the famous scenes, you know, right? You know, jumping on the bed, you filthy animal. Uh, but he's 38 and he uses Google Assistant, right, to, to fend off the wet bandits. Anyway, Koki uh, was about 10 or 12 years old in the original. He's just a boy like Jesus is right here in Luke 2. When his parents, Mary and Joseph, leave him home alone in Jerusalem, okay, the big city. The Bible actually says his parents didn't miss him at first because they, what, keyword church, they assumed he was among the other travelers. See, at Christmas, I think, it's just very easy for all of us to assume we're close to Christ. Because, well, it's Christ Mass, right? We're here celebrating Jesus, so he's got to be with us, right? I mean, especially when you're in church surrounded by family, it's very easy to assume that. 
But the reality is, I don't know about you, but in December at the holidays, our hearts are prone to drift. They, they get very cluttered hearts because of all the busyness. Some of you were out yesterday, the shopping, the parties, we got to buy all this junk, you know, the, the, the crowds, the noise. And the VIP, the guest of honor, gets crowded out. So I just want to encourage you, don't assume because you're in church for a spiritual celebration that Christ is close to you. Maybe you walked in today actually feeling that. You'd say, if I, Tim, honestly, like I, I was like, I dressed up and everything, but I can't, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> There's a distance between me and God. So you got to be careful. If you're not careful, you can lose Christ at Christmas. And you may think, well, well how can I lose Jesus? Listen to me very carefully. I want to clarify this. If you are a Christian, you, you put your faith in Christ as your Savior, for your, forgive your sins and give you eternal life. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. In fact, just be encouraged. In John 10, Jesus said this. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and I give them eternal life, life forever with me. They will never perish, and no one will what? Snatch them out of my hand. Everybody make a fist like this. Jesus said, any man or woman or child who calls on me for salvation, you are forever safe in the grip of grace. Jesus said, my father who's given them to me, he's greater than all of you. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. You understand this? Once you've been forgiven by the son, you've been embraced by the father, you can't pry open his fingers. Doesn't matter how much you drift, how much you screw up. You, you can't open those fingers. Sin can't pry open the fingers, even if like you, you relapse or mess up. The devil can't pry open God's fingers. Jesus said, ain't nobody going to snatch you out of my hand. It's called eternal security. You can never lose your salvation. Give God a praise if you believe that. I want to make that clear to you. Some people struggle with eternal like insecurity, but you got to understand this. I messed up. I'm not feeling it. I feel distant. When you give your heart to Jesus, you are placed in the hands of God and ain't nothing pull you out of that hand. As a Christian saved by the blood of Christ, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the devil in the world can't ever change that. So the question is, well, then how can you lose Christ at Christmas, Tim? I'm not talking about your relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about your fellowship with him. Your, your closeness, your love, your, your intimacy with the Savior of your soul. No, Mary and Joseph didn't lose relationship with Jesus. They lost fellowship with him for three days in the middle of a holiday. Did you know it's possible to be in relationship with Christ? You know you're saved and not be in fellowship with him? Not actually slowing down to welcome him and love him in your heart. And just reestablish that intimate and powerful connection. And I was reading this and it spoke to me because I'm a preacher. I can go through the motions. If Mary and Joseph can lose track of Jesus at church on a holy day, how about you and me? <laughs> See, all throughout the Bible, men and women of God lose fellowship with him during seasons of stress. Noah lost his connection. King David lost it for a season in his life. Simon Peter lost his fellowship with Jesus around Easter. And if you're not careful, you and I can lose it too. As 1 Corinthians 10 warns, he says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. In other words, it's entirely possible, guys, for you to love Jesus and still lose him. To break fellowship and lose that heart-to-heart -heart connection. And I felt God saying, Tim, I want, you to, I want you to challenge people. I want to 
you encourage people. Don't just go through the motions at Christmas. Let's not sit here and talk about him and sing songs about him, but not be in close fellowship with him. Because here's the scandal. You don't have to be in the club smoking weed to lose Jesus. Mary and Joseph lost him in the church. <laughs> Surrounded by religious people. In the middle of a spiritual celebration. Passover was about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. And it's possible in the middle of all the holiday hoopla, you and I to become so distracted that we sever our fellowship with Christ. If you're not careful. And that's tragic. Because he is the reason for the season. Amen? Hear me, look, guys, hear my heart. I'm not being the Grinch here, okay? I, I, I'm not opposed to celebrating Christmas. I love it. I love the lights. I love the decorations. I love the party food. Anybody having seven fishes Christmas Eve, okay? I think Jesus was Italian. Bless him. That's just like, love it. I love the food, the family gatherings. I love the gifts. Look, all the kids are looking at the big presents behind me on stage, right? They're like, man, that must have been a big drone bring that thing. Bring a birth. Birthday gifts for Jesus, pretty, right? But listen, if you're not careful, Christ begins to cramp our style in the middle of his own birthday party. Listen to me. Christmas is not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. And you can't have the joy of Christmas without the worship of Jesus. You, you can have all the lights and the presents and the decorations. I, I, I feel sorry for people who put all that stuff up, but they don't have Jesus in their heart. The Bible says Mary and Joseph assumed he was with them and drifted further and further away from Christ during their holiday celebration until they suddenly realized he was missing. And the Bible says they searched how many? Three days for their son. Three days. I wonder, how long has it been for you? Three days? Three weeks? If you're honest? Maybe three months? Maybe you had a distracting December and you lost fellowship with the Savior of your soul. And here it is. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Christmas. What? It's Christmas Eve. How long has it been? Maybe, maybe it's been three months or three years for some of you. You'd say, I have lost that love and feeling. <laughs> Church, listen to me. Heart to heart. You can't live off of yesterday's touch from God. You can't live off of last year's blessing. Mary and Joseph lost Jesus in the temple, and you can't fool yourself. Just because you've been sitting in church 10, 20, 30 years, you can be sitting in church doing religious things and yet lacking that fellowship with Christ. You can't live off the spiritual high from January's fast. Remember how we started the year? Do you notice you gained all that weight back already? <laughs> right? We just, we drift into, all, it's our heart, it's just prone to water. It's what happens. The heart grows cold. And it freezes over. And, and I think maybe God's asking you this Christmas. How many more days is it going to be? How many more weeks are you going to go? How many more years? I want to encourage you today. If you have lost Christ, it is never too late to find him. I mean, where did Mary and Jesus find, or Joseph find Jesus? Answer, right where they left him. He says, hey, mom, dad, didn't you know? <laughs> I'd beware in my father's house. In other words, you got to retrace your steps and come back to the father's house. And that's exactly what the church is. This Christmas, guys, if you, if you really wanted the true meaning of Christmas, you have to have a burning connection in your heart. You have to have a conviction in your soul that says, I will not lose Christ at Christmas. My family will not lose Christ at Christmas. My kids will not lose Christ at Christmas. I know what I'm celebrating. 
And it's not the tree, and it's not the presence, it's not the party, it's not the vacation. It's all about Jesus. He's the reason for this season, amen? I'm just telling you. I, listen, I, <clears throat> I realize this may be a new thought for some of you. Because I think a lot of people assume, well, they attend church at Christmas, and they assume they're right with God. Because of your family, right? Maybe you grew up in a family that was Christian or Catholic. You grew up going to Mass, hearing all about Jesus, this, Jesus, that, and so you assume, well, my family's Christian, doesn't that make me one? Right? Like, it's kind of like salvation by association. <laughs> it, well, listen, look at the text. Scholars say Mary and Joseph traveled for three days with dozens of family members, maybe over a hundred relatives in this family caravan. And they're like, well, look at all our family. Jesus is in here somewhere. <laughs> but when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among who? Say at church, their relatives and friends. In other words, some people assume, well, because my relatives are religious people, I get grandfathered in. It's like the family and friends plan, right? <laughs> the, the rest of my family is Christian, so that makes me one, right? But the truth is this, just because you have a family who know Jesus as their personal savior doesn't mean you know him personally. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of who? My Father who is in heaven. In other words, salvation is not automatic. It's not something you're born into. At the gates of heaven, you're not going to get there, and God's going to say, let me see your driver's license. He gets your driver's license, last name, Lucas. All right, well, you know what? Your mama, grandma are here anyway, so you get to go, hey, have a good one. Enjoy the fruitcake, you know. That's not how that's going to work. Let, guys, listen to me. I'm very serious. You need to know this. You don't get to heaven because you grew up in a good family or hang out with good people. Salvation is not about being good. It's about being saved by the blood of Jesus Christ who was born for one reason, to die, to forgive your sins, to invade your heart and restore your relationship with God. It turns out at Christmas, the greatest gift that God gives us is Christ. He's not a baby. He's not a boy. He's the sinless son of God sent to sin, save sinners like me and you. So understand, he's not a historical figure. Three days after Jesus died on that cross, he was raised to life and he's alive today, amen? And on Christmas, he says, I want to make a gift exchange with you. My life for yours. And I know he's speaking to some of you right now. You, you, you hear it. You feel in your heart. That's the Spirit of God whispering, stop coasting on your family's faith. Stop relying on your good works. Come home to the Father's house. Put your trust in me. Don't lose Christ at Christmas. Guys, salvation is not about the good works you've done for God, but the good work that Jesus did for you on that cross. Out of love, out of love. Not anger. You'll be afraid. God's not angry with you. He didn't send Jesus to condemn the world. He said, I am so full of love and abounding in mercy. I want to fill your heart with my love and joy and let you know through Christ, I've accepted you. I've got you in my hand and I never let him go. So if you're here today and you realize somehow in this Christmas chaos, I've lost Christ. Where do I find him? The answer is, same place Joseph and Mary found him, exactly where they left him.
Why'd you need to search? Jesus asked. Didn't you know that I must be where? In my father's house. You know, the father's house is, that's the church. Let me tell you something. It's no accident that you are sitting right now in the father's house celebrating Christmas Eve. And if you've been hearing the voice of God in your heart, something's stirring you, it's because Christ is alive and he's in this very room speaking to you. That's his, we call it the presence of Christ. Not presence at Christmas. God's presence to you is the presence of Christ in your heart. And if you're here today and you don't feel that conscious presence of God in your heart, I think Jesus is actually saying, come home, come back to the Father's house. That's what the church is. You see? It's Christmas. You're in the Father's house. And you may be here, and if it's stirring in your heart, you've got to stand up and say, man, something is missing in my life. And I can't celebrate Christmas without Christ. If you've lost your heart for the Lord, he will show you where to find it. He is abounding in love, slow to anger. You're running me hot a little bit, but I'm patient. <laughs> and so what I want to do is that in a moment, I want to give you a chance to, to come find Jesus if you've lost him. If you've lost connection, maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ at Christmas. Or maybe the Spirit has revealed to you that you've been coasting on your family's faith and that you never personally have given your heart to the Lord. And so I'm going to invite you in just a few minutes to actually stand up and come forward to this cross and commit your life to Christ on Christmas. You can be born again on the day Christ was born. For some of you, it's been a long time, months, years, and this is, time, this is a moment of decision for you to begin a relationship with God. He can wash away all that guilt, the shame, bridge that distance, and you can give your life to Christ for good. Or maybe you're, you're a Christian, but you're like, I've been missing fellowship, Tim. That's me. Listen, no condemnation. We've got no judgment for you. Mary, Mary lost her son for three days. Maybe for you it's been weeks, months, years. Your heart's been cold. Your relationship and your fellowship's been broken. Maybe you've just black, backslidden away from Jesus into some sin, and you're like, I need to recommit my life to Christ on Christmas. I want you to listen to this promise of Jesus. Listen to this. Let's, I want to read these words together, church. Listen. He said, I will never turn away anyone who comes to me. In other words, when you come to the cross, God will not stiff arm you. He won't turn you away. He's going to open his arms just like Jesus on that cross and say, welcome home, son. Welcome back, my precious daughter. I have missed you too. So if you're here today, you miss the conscious presence of God in, his li in your life. Guys, here it is. His presence is the present of Christmas. And I want to encourage you to be bold. You may feel it even now, and you're like, I don't want this to be awkward. I'm going to invite all of us to stand in about 60 seconds, and I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat and come forward at your campus to this stage in just a minute, okay? I'm going to call you up here. I'm going to be here. I'm coming up. I need a fresh touch from God. Your campus pastor, prayer leaders, we're going to be up here to embrace you and just pray for you and over you. So let's stand up, church, okay, right now. All our, all our campuses, would you stand up together? And I want you to make room right now in your row. Step back a little bit so people can come forward out to the aisles. And don't be shy. It's not going to be awkward. You won't be the only one. If you say, you know what? I cannot lose Christ at Christmas. I want you to come forward right now. Okay? If God's been speaking to you, you want a relationship with Christ, or you want to recommit your life to Christ at Christmas, come on down, guys. Front center. Just kind of crowding around the stage. Come to the center. That's fine. 
I want you to just step out and come forward at your campus. Jesus said, I will never turn away anyone who comes to me. I know some of you are like, I, uh, I feel it, but I'm frozen. Don't hold back. Just come. Just come forward now. It's awesome. Praise God for you. Listen, I want to be super clear. You don't, Come on down. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Come on. Move it forward. That's right. Make room for him. You don't have, look, if you're like, I feel far from the Lord, I want to return to Christ. Just come on down front. You don't have to be a world-class sinner to lose him. Even preachers like me feel dry at times. I'm coming forward too. I'm like, I need a fresh touch from God. Come on up here. We'll pray. It takes humility. They're coming down in Essex. Come on, Middlesex. Somerset. Isn't it great? 2,000 years after Christmas, people still want to give their hearts to the Lord. Praise God for you. That's awesome. We've got a family here. Give them a hand. People are coming forward. Sayerville, Middlesex, come to the cross. <clears throat> it's Jesus saying, return to me. Don't be afraid. There's still room. You may be standing there and you're like, I'm holding back. Don't hold back at Christmas. God loves you. He will forgive you. This is what Christ came for at Christmas. Awesome. Squeeze in, guys. That's awesome. Come on forward to the cross. Okay. Here's what I want to do as they're still coming. That's awesome. Praise God for you, sir. Come on down. We'll wait for you, man. Come on. That's awesome. I want all our prayer team right now, just would you surround these precious people? Put your hands on them. Praise God for them. John, Jill, step forward. Pray for some folks up here. It's awesome. Prayer teams, put your hands on these folks. Let's just bow our heads. Beautiful. It's no better day to be born again than on Christmas. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We know your spirit's here. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you have touched the hearts of these men and women, and they're coming forward right now in faith to embrace the Savior of their soul. Thank you, Father, for this birthday right now. For them. This is a spiritual birthday. So if you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ, you can simply pray these words out loud. They're not magic. They're just out of your heart. Just say these words out loud after me. Let's pray it together. Ready? Here we go. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I can't have Christmas without Christ. So today I return to you. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Restore my joy. I believe you died on that cross for my sins. And I turn from them now. I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Heal it. Fill it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And restore my joy. I commit my life completely to you on Christmas. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In the name and power of Jesus Christ, everyone said together, amen. Church, would you welcome new believers into the family of God? I'm glad you guys came up. God, praise God for you, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. All of our campuses, praise God.